Give me something. Doesn't have to be a big number, but show me some level of local buy-in so that I can go to lawmakers from these other places out state and say, Milwaukee's paying. They're paying at least part of this. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Powerfully sexual. You said it, 8.14 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano here with you. We keep Debbie on traffic here through the 9 o'clock hour as well. Keep you up to date on the roads. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. And one of the things still relatively new to radio, Eric, right? Did TV for all those years, came over oh, here. You've been here for a bit. Come on now. Very kind and coaching me up on how to do things. And you didn't need any coaching. Different methodologies on how you coach broadcaster. things. Sure, fine. But th- there's, a, there's a way that you introduce topics that you share with all our fans and folks listening to the show. How, how do you share the information that you want to and how do you engage with those folks? And one of the tips that I got was, look, when you're, when you're going to host a show, it's you and me hosting this show, if you're going to ask a question, you should have an answer to that question. Say, now here's my take. Go ahead and disagree with it or whatever, but here's what I think we need to do about X, Y, Z, and then then right, right. we have a conversation about it. Instead of just throwing out a random question. Right. But I'm throwing out a random question this morning because <laughs> I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. And I wonder if anyone might share a suggestion. The Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Question is, what do we do about the retail theft epidemic? I don't have a good answer for it, but people are stealing stuff all over the place, and it's so bad. One of the reasons you have to think that it's that inflation is so bad right now, and this is just me talking. I'm not an economist, but we're seeing grocery bills are going up. Anything you buy in the store, prices are up. One of the reasons, sure, economic factors, but also we have a growing retail theft program in this country right now. In fact, Capital One Research reported U.S. stores lost an estimated $86.6 billion to retail theft in 2022. They project it will continue to get worse to over $115 billion in 2025. So, look, if a certain number of people in the population are just walking out with stuff, the rest of us are paying more for it. Right, the store owners and the big companies—they're not just taking it in the behind. It's not the insurance. Insurance will take care of it, right? Yeah, CEO. Yeah, well, I guess we'll sell the lake house because we're not making as much money. No, that gets passed down to everybody else. Right? We're all we're all paying for it almost every day, and these are just the ones that are reported to us from local police. We could bring you a major retail theft story from the area. Fox Six just did a big report. I thought I found it fascinating last week, really revealing. Not that we didn't know this was going on, but the way they went through uh, what was happening. They called them the Diaper Girls. A couple of ladies known to several Northside drug stores, so think Walgreens, CVS, known to the people who run these stores. They go in, according to the report, and in some cases, daily target the diapers and the baby stuff. They swipe all the stuff, they put it in their car, and they leave. And like to the point where like the people who work in the store are like, here they are, and there's nothing they can do about it because of the way that their corporate structure is set up, but how they're taught to what engage. What would you want them to do? Well, I don't know. So that's why I asked the question, what do we do about this? Because if my kid worked at one of those stores and someone's coming in stealing stuff, I don't want him or her. You want your teenager? No. Right. No. Jump in the register and get in the way of someone <laughs> who di- may be armed? For diapers? No. Absolutely Or, or not. whatever. Yeah, for anything, right. So- 
for that reason and for so many others, store employees typically are told, we don't want you to intervene. Don't be the hero. They walk out. Maybe there are procedures. Maybe they have security that you call. Maybe they're told to call police or not. But whatever, they're almost universally told, don't you get in the middle of this. Security has been really tricky lately, too. Security personnel, that is an industry that I know is lacking at times, where they're really trying to find more and more people that they can use across the board, and whether it's corporate offices, whether it's stores like this, anywhere. Like Finding security personnel has been hard and difficult for a lot of different areas. And then what would you empower those security personnel to do? To what lengths do you say to him or her that you should engage with someone who is intent on leaving your store with a whole bunch of stuff they didn't pay for? This just came through on the old National Bank talk and text line. Might need someone to be checking bags and receipts before you leave the store and a security guard with a gun. Okay. But do you put that security guard in a position to say, okay, if someone is leaving with a cart full of diapers... Use your gun. And there have been some incidents there where we've seen that turn fatal outside a store involving security guards, and there's been legal matters because of it. Now, I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Right. No, just, right. Yeah, this that's is the question. Thing. It's another thing you've got to think about. Not as easy for stores to just say, well, put a security guard there. What if, well, okay, person's walking by the security guard. Do you want him or her to then engage with that person, with a group of people? Well, then, uh, you know, another question would be, for this case with the the, the diaper girls or whatever they're called, um, clearly <laughs> yes, I would, ass- I would called. assume, well, that's right. right. Why is it that's that? it. Um, I would assume that they need these, right? That the diapers are necessary because children are at home, uh-huh. don't, don't have the money or Disagree. whatnot. So you think they're selling it? Yeah. And I think there's a lot, I mean, in but, but case even, by case, sure. But even someone... still, there's a demand for the diaper. Right. But right? the black market on stuff like this, like to go out and steal, like... In many cases, when we talked with the National Retail Federation a while back, I remember talking to that guy, he said, oh yeah, there are actual markets where people are professional shoplifters. They're going out, they're selling this to another distributor who's then selling them wow. in other ways. Another distributor. So, right. So <laughs> I'm not suggesting- very professional. <laughs> right. I'm not suggesting that the whole loaf of bread to feed, feed the well, hungry child I, doesn't happen. And I'm not suggesting that, I'm not ignorant to believe that it's only a loaf right, of bread right, to right. feed a child, but more if, there's a, if there's a demand there, and is this simpler and easier than- it is to go through other channels, whether it's asking the state for help or going through different you know, church sure. groups or, or support groups that offer this. Is that part at play, too? Here's one from Brookfield that caught my eye this morning. Lady walked out of the Ulta Beauty on Blue Mound Road with makeup. Okay. Stole a little makeup. I, I'm constantly shocked because I don't typically shop for makeup. Well, certainly anymore. No, <laughs> no that's TV. right. Makeup was expensive even I for TV, it. and I didn't wear a lot of it, but yeah, you had to to a degree. But uh, I think Debbie was telling us that like perfume is super expensive yep. or things like that. So if you're talking about beauty products in general, this lady walked out of the Ulta Beauty on Blue Mound Road over $1,200 of makeup. One trip out. And like, what do you do about that? Because you know that these costs are being passed on to us. Well, they okay, they have insurance. Okay, the insurance costs more for us. Or the prices in the stores. Whatever. This always trickles down to the rest of us who are following the rules, who are willing to, oh, I don't know, actually check out and pay for our stuff. And I really don't know what. Call the police in Milwaukee? They're investigating homicides. Sure, maybe they can come by, but someone's already gone. That's not a lights and sirens. We're there in, you know, a minute and a half. So... Getting some suggestions here on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. What anything can we do about the retail theft epidemic? Get some of your comments coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News.
826 Wisconsin's Morning News been asking the question, what, if anything, can we do to curb the retail theft epidemic that is expected to cost American businesses north of $100 billion in the coming years? And getting some interesting texts. Uh, some reasonable suggestions here, solutions. Here's one from Lori. Said, but might need someone to check bag receipts before you leave the store and have an armed security guard as well. Um, here's another one. If they know who they are, because you were, you were referring to that Fox 6 story, yeah, right? about how they know the group of the women that come in. If they know who they are, why, don't, why doesn't security stop them from entering the store? I think, again, so just let me jump in on that. The, what do we mean stop them? You know, if it's kind of like, we, you know, when your kids first discover they have more freedom than they knew. Right. Right. Because, Dang well, it. these are the rules. I can't go in here. And then they realize, unless you physically stop me, <laughs> I can go in here. You know, the first time my oldest daughter showed up without us coming to get her from her bed. She just showed up downstairs and she's like, hey, I'm here. Look what I can do. Right. It, but it never occurred to her. Right. So, like, at what point, uh, what would we ask of security personnel in terms of engagement? Would you draw your gun on someone who's shoplifting? Even if they're unarmed, would you use it? Like, that's a hard question. Here's one from Kurt on the old National Bank talking text line. Switch everything to be prepaid. Either locked up or buy online, pick up in store. Yeah, so much stuff is locked up in the yeah. pharmacies now, right? And you can anticipate more and more of that, perhaps. I mean, sure. we talk about the brick and mortar stores just in general, you know, and and my Frustration with Amazon taking over the planet, but more and more, <laughs> right. you know, more and more of that. We're going to have Prime Days every other week. Yeah, pretty soon. I like this one. We need a real Batman. I mean, very, very clear, clean, easy. You just yeah. find Batman. Put that bat signal yeah, out. Milverine. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the old National Bank talking text line. Let me bring in a phone call. Bob in Waukesha with us this morning. Great to talk to you, Bob. I know you got a background in law enforcement, of course. So, what are your thoughts on this? I have to tell you, and I and I, I, I use some expletives with Pancake, your producer, that I that I will refrain from using. But <laughs> he's all, he's all right for it. <laughs> I, I I didn't think he was disturbed. <laughs> These are issues that have evolved over the years, and they're not unlike police pursuits, assaults on police officers, police officers in residential areas confronting individuals that they suspect are out of place. Uh, and no one, no one, and I told Pancake this, addresses the issue of some in the legal community who have made a fortune filing litigation against these retailers and law enforcement and whomever else comes along. It just aggravates the dickens out of me that a lawyer gets on the radio and talks about this issue, but doesn't speak to that aspect. Bob, appreciate the call, as always. And, you know, I mean, another thing we've talked with Bob about over the years, again, the rules of engagement. Do you want to, what, even, even if you call police, do you want to put police officers in a situation where they have to physically confront people who are stealing? Used to be that that was the deterrent. Oh, there's a security guard here. I won't try to steal this. Or police are close by. I won't try to steal this. Maybe that curbs some. But if you're intent on stealing, how far are you going to go to test it? And then what could the results of that be? You don't like the Batman idea? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> realistically. Hmm. Well, there was one suggestion also in the text line of like vigilante justice. And that gets pretty scary when you start talking about that as well. Oh, right. I took Batman more to be a joke. Yeah, Batman's, we, we forget. Batman was a real guy. He's just a guy. Okay.
He's just a real guy who got like you know some super training. He was real rich too. He bought all the toys. That was a real guy. He didn't come from another planet. <laughs> You're right. And he had a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Eight thirty on Wisconsin's morning news. Eight thirty-seven, Wisconsin's morning news on this Thursday morning. Do you have uh, advice from our hundred fourteen-year-old? Yes, hundred four. Am I right? Hundred fourteen years young, mm-hmm. and she's not even the oldest in the country. She's the oldest in Texas, though. Her name is Elizabeth Francis. She turned one hundred fourteen years old last month. She was born in nineteen oh nine. Dang. Uh, if you, in case you're wondering, Taft <laughs> was president at the time. She's seen some things. Yeah, so she's on the Today Show talking about how she lives in a private residence with her 94-year-old daughter. Uh, it's not an assisted living facility, but they do have caregivers that come in there from time to time. She uh, is very sharp. She uh, is mentally um, capable, I guess. It would be. She's confined to a bed, so her physically she's... Uh, started to deteriorate some, but she said that she's doing great, and here's a couple of reasons why. We talked about this last week when you were gone, about this 101-year-old guy who was a doctor. He was, mm-hmm. a, he was a neurologist. What's funny was what we do then is some local reporter always goes there on the birthday and says, yeah. well, what's your advice for long yeah. life? Yeah. So we always get that. So, so what did the doctor say? The doctor said, keep working. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, doc. Oh, gosh. My response when I heard that, I was so frustrated by that. F you. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> don't think so. It's like anyway. the old chopper pilot at Channel 4. I told you the story before. Old Bill Lawrence. <laughs> One time he said in all seriousness, hey, except for financially, I'm ready to retire. Well, that's the trick, ain't it, Bill? <laughs> I got everything worked out except for how I'm going to survive yeah, no, without any much, without any income. That, but anyway, so she said warm social connections is a big thing. The fact that uh, socially communicating with other people, friends, family, like that. just constantly having communication with people that make you feel good, whatnot. Fresh home-cooked food good. was on her list. She said they have a garden, backyard, own vegetables, collard greens, mustard greens, carrots, okra, that kind of thing. Uh, taking care of the body, she says uh, she never smoked or drank alcohol, hmm. and that's unfortunate. The hard stuff. Yeah, so none of that. <laughs> that's a tough one there. So, <laughs> that's too bad. All of Wisconsin is um, out. <laughs> regularly walked until her 90s, according to her granddaughter. Okay, exercise, that's pretty standard. Never had Something. cancer or heart disease, and uh, always had a purpose in life, had, had things to do. Her faith was one of that. Just w- would go to church, would do different things, had a purpose, had a reason for living in, in her mind. So that has kept her sharp all these years. The one thing she didn't say that I thought she'd say is floss. Because I swear I read that somewhere that it, a lot of 100-year-olds will say that they, they uh, floss their teeth and that you well, can wonder- live a nice, healthy, long life if you just do some dental hygiene. Is that causal or is that just sort of relational because because I'm a person who is so attuned to my personal health that I do floss regularly, then that probably means I'm taking care of my body in other ways as well. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but what I'm glad she didn't have on here is that she has to keep working. I'm glad that that part <laughs> okay, Doc, she doesn't right. have to do. 840, 20 minutes before 9 o'clock on Wisconsin's Morning News. Storms moving out well over Lake Michigan now. Sunshine today. High of just 78 degrees and then pretty cool tonight with a low down to 58. That's your Storm Team forecast. We heat up this weekend, 85, the high temperature on Saturday. Sunday's high 90 with a heat index of 95 because we'll have some humidity moving on in. 
844 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hey, can I ask you to play that piece? Uh, Wisconsin's Afternoon News had Tim Sheehy on yesterday, Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Sheehy talking about the stadium funding package that so far is a not done for uh, American Family Field. Yeah, uh, Tim uh, mentioned one aspect or one way potentially to be able to find some money to do the funding. The state collects about $25 million a year in tax revenue from the brewers. And using some of that seems like a pretty smart way to do this. So what I wanted to point out, and, and gee, he's right, and a number of other state lawmakers have raised that, the brewers have raised that, look, because we're here, our players, our organization, high-priced, talented people who are also highly taxed, mm-hmm. um, they contribute tens of millions of dollars annually in taxes. So were the brewers to leave, you would have that hole. So the argument is this sort of pays for itself. And why can't we use that tax revenue, that quote-unquote jock taxes it's sometimes called, to pay for future stadium improvements? The number Tony Evers came up with, Governor Evers, was $290 million that invested properly would get up over the 400 some million dollars that the brewers say it would take for them to stay in the ballpark long term, perhaps as long as 2050, at least 2040. Okay, so what about this quote unquote jock tax? The thing I just wanted to point out is that's not new money. So that money is already there and already it's being already spent. Going someplace. Yes, on other things. So if you want to say we want to put that money in a dedicated pocket, just like, say, if you were saving for a new car at your home, you didn't, you're not bringing in more money. You've just created right. a new car account. You can do that you know, at your bank. I want to open a separate account. $100 a month goes in that account as we're saving for the new car. And it's the car account. So you could call this the stadium account, but that's not new revenue coming in. I, I feel like all we're debating is the best way to do this without anyone looking bad. Like I, <laughs> it's very true. Everyone is because everybody wants to do it. Everyone behind the scenes Almost. or on on the record has basically said they're very confident. Rick Schlesinger told us this last week. Very confident that this is going to get done. It appears all sides are motivated to get it done. Just trying to figure out the devil in the details. That were his words. So like some of the little things in there. Well, you got you know some common council members who are upset about it. You got lawmakers in northern Wisconsin who aren't you know amazed by it and all that. Okay, well then. Basically, how do we find a way that they can say, okay, this has nothing to do with me and it still get done? Because that's that's the game. It's not even a game of like, how are we going to pay for it? Because the state's going to pay. We are we are contractually obligated to. We are going through to through 2030. Yes. yes. So we have to. <laughs> we have to. So how can we do it so I don't look bad? That's basically what every decision maker is trying to decide and figure out. As you pointed out, too, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported a couple other things I want to mention on this. Reported last week that the Brewers are looking at what Nashville and Charlotte, yeah, as potential relocation places. Now, there's a reason also that you're not hearing Rick Schlesinger or even Mark Atanasio, Brewers primary that, owner, yeah, out pound, pounding that drum. Right. They, I think, they want that narrative out there so people know that it's real. But they also don't want to be the ones holding news conferences saying, we're going to leave, we're going to leave, we're going to leave. Not a good look. You're not going to hear them saying that, at least not at this stage of the game, especially since there is still some optimism. Other thing I wanted to say about this is what I'm being told by a number of people is the, the real piece that's holding it up is the local component. That your state lawmakers, state leadership, uh, leadership in the legislature in Madison, who will need to sell a statewide package outstate to folks who live in Chippewa Falls and Superior 
and north of Green Bay and lacrosse. They're going to need to sell a statewide package right. to those outstate so lawmakers. It bad. No, we all got to feel like we won. One of the things they think they need to sell that package and to get the votes is some local buy-in from Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County. Now, granted, um, they were broke until this funding package just went through and they both passed sales tax increases that are going to affect all of us and that gets them off the fiscal cliff. It's not like they're going to be a wash in cash. They got a lot of things that they need to spend that on. What are required to spend it. Yes. What I'm told is what's being asked of them is not a big number. Show me something. Give me something. It's kind of like when you go to buy a car, can you put anything down? Can you put $1,000 down? What's a $50,000 car? Can you put anything down? Like, give me something. And so what I'm told is what's being asked of the city of the county is not to pay half of the freight. It's not to pay three quarters of it, even though the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County benefit more than any other part of the state. We all benefit, I think, statewide from the brewers being here. But obviously, Milwaukee County, city of Milwaukee benefit the most. Waukesha County probably next. Ozaukee County, you can make that argument. You get further away. I don't know. What was the five counties? uh, Washington in there, Racine and Kenosha, right? Yep. So you can make that argument that they are also tangentially affected, but the two entities in terms of also tax revenue, also new businesses, all of that thing that are affected city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, that the folks at the state level are looking, give me something. Doesn't have to be a big number, but show me some level of local buy-in so that I can go to lawmakers from these other places out state and say, Milwaukee's paying. They're paying at least part of this. Doesn't have to be a big number. And if that's all that's holding it up, let's get it done. 850 on Wisconsin's morning news. Hey, John Mercure here. Join me every Saturday at noon for Experience Wisconsin. We'll check in with communities across the state for the best and brightest spots around the great state of Wisconsin. This week, awesome show. We're joined by Kathleen Eikhoff from Elkhart Lake and Anna Antoine from the town of Brookfield. Everything Oktoberfest related, from a classic car show to wiener dog races, there's hammer (laughs) schlagen. It's going to be a great show. It's Experience Wisconsin, Saturday at noon, right here on 620 WTMJ. Vince Vetrano here for Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. All right, I'm go. I'm going in. Good. Yes. You should. So, if you've been listening, I blew up my leg water skiing. Gimp walking around here. I, I, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm limping all over the place, and I was hoping that it would get better on its own. I I joked that I was in touch with my my medical team from Orthopedic yes. Associates. Yeah, that's good. Well, I had talked to multiple people over there. So, is that not my medical team? Did you have a Zoom call with all of them? <laughs> I want all doctors on all the Toronto doctors online okay. for a very important call. Jerry, go. All right, right. <laughs> Rehab possibilities. Go. I'm not sure even what's wrong with you. You haven't even come in, but go. What do you think? All right, imaging. Go. I want to hear from all of you. Maybe no, so do you know what? Finally, it was. It was the doc who did my knee surgery. I think word's gotten out over there that I may have a pretty substantial injury. He texted me, <laughs> and it basically. The gist of the text was, do you need to come see me, man? Like, let me at least have a look at this and see what we're dealing with. So that's good. And I appreciate that they are not just caring for me, but caring about me. Mm -hmm. So I am going to go visit Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin, see if I did explode my hamstring or if maybe I can be on the road to recovery with just some rehab. But if there's something bothering you, in fact, one of the schedulers I talked to over there, she said, you're maybe the eighth or ninth person I've talked to in the last week with water skiing related injury. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, I guess that, that makes sense. I so maybe it's we'll be done for a while. So if you're one of those folks, go on and see them. I recommend visiting Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. Here's the website, orthowisconsin.com. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. These uh, morning showers and storms are done. Sunshine today, high of 78 degrees. Cool tonight, low down to 58. Mostly sunny on Friday with a high of 78. And then warm and warmer, maybe hot for the weekend. Saturday is high of 85 degrees. Sunday, hot and humid, high of 90 degrees. Steve Scafidi, Sandy Max in the house with us here as we're about to launch WTMJ now. What's hot? 90? That for me is hot. Uh, yeah, that's warm. 88, yeah. not hot. 90, hot. This summer, it is hot. Normally, it's just August. But I think we've had a but we've <laughs> had a pretty true. moderate yeah, weather summer. I agree. Dry with not a lot of bugs unless you're up north. I mean it's the bug thing. I I I know I'm gonna jinx it now, but I think <laughs> I've probably gotten one mosquito bite this That's year. crazy. Yep. Quite pleasant, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. That's why I was like, I know yeah. we're struggling in the agricultural world with so little rain. But I think a byproduct of that is we haven't had a lot of standing water. We haven't had a whole lot of bugs and mosquitoes. So A lot of flies, though, I've noticed. More flies yeah. rolling around. There are a lot of flies. Why is that? There's probably a scientific answer for that, I bet. Hmm. Less rain, more flies? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I know Look, I'm fly- looking to Billstead for science. Right. Like you're the science it. guy. He was asking me about mink this morning. What May sound I... do the mink make? What, uh, what, what do, do mink, mink eat? eat? I don't know. Like rodents. In the, in the wild, do? you mean? Yeah. I think rodents. Well, because 3,000 mink, mink were released. Yes. Were, well, were stolen, I guess, yes. and released into the wild up in Trempolo County from yes. a mink farm. I remember I was, that story. I was wondering, like, where do the mink go and what do they eat? And then the mink are eaten by other animals. And right. Sounds Almost immediately, make? I think. And then what <laughs> right? does the so, fox say? Because they're domesticated pretty the much. The fox says, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right? Is that what, isn't good. that what the fox That's says? That's a sound effect that you can do. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Hey, you guys are going to have an interesting conversation today that um, I'm curious to know what direction you're going with it. So, um, as part of the indictment in Fulton County, Georgia, there's a mention of some fake electors in, in, in that state. And this has kind of flown under the radar. And I, I've been on this since day one because, to me, the fact that we had fake electors sign their name on a document, pretended it was a real document. And I, I've had Rick Essenberg from Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty who said, well, they're just protecting the, the former president's interests. I get all that stuff. I think it's a, it was a criminal act. They met in secret. They asked the people in the meeting to not disclose that they were doing this. That's not conducting the government's business in the open air that all of us would like to see. I think these people should be criminally charged. We're going to ask that question, and we're going to kind of explore some of the indictment and how it ties into that story in Wisconsin. I, I'm fascinated by it. And those folks who, some of them are pretty prominent Republicans in the states. Um, still I think in should, office, some of them. Yes, still in office. There should be some recourse, I think. But I'm curious what the audience thinks. That's where we're going to go. Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi, WTMJ Now is next.